That's going to be a tough act to follow, but I'll do my best. I want to say a special thank you to you ladies and everyone else who has contributed uh, to our service tonight as we come together to worship Jesus. It's uh, nights like this and services like this that, at least for me and I would say probably for many people, uh, help us to really focus on uh, Christmas. Um, It's certainly uh, evident in many things around us, the decorations we see here, the nativity scenes we probably have at home as well as those in the church here tonight, hearing uh, the Bible story of Christ's birth and early life as we've uh, reflected on through our scripture reading tonight, and worshiping God together with you uh, through hymns and songs and uh, the hearing of uh, those songs. And all these things really help us to focus on the Lord, because in them and through them, we really can see some sense of and experience some sense of intimacy with God, being alone with him, considering who he is and considering what he's done, expressing our love for him, being grateful for his presence with us tonight. It's nights like this when we come with pure hearts, desiring to glorify his name that we really get to experience a blessing. It reminds me of the very first account of when God was close with people. In the beginning in Genesis, we see God creating things. You are probably familiar with the story. He creates the world and all the things that are in the world, trees, birds, fish, and eventually man and woman. And in the Garden of Eden, a paradise, the Bible describes God's presence with man in this way. Genesis 3.8 says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Can you imagine? It's a dream I'm sure we ourselves have hoped for, that God would be here with us, walking with us in his creation. Just consider what that must have been like for Adam and Eve. The peaceful joy of a night like this barely pales in comparison to what that must have been like for them. Adam and Eve must have had total contentment because of God's commitment. There was no worry, no struggle, no pain. And more than that, at that very beginning, there was no separation between God and man. Today, it can seem hard sometimes to hear him, but then they walked right beside him. If they had a question to ask, he was right there to answer it. If they had a need, he was right there to meet it. If they sought the contentment of the security they could have in trusting God, he was right there to fulfill it. What a wonder that intimacy must have been like between God and man. But, if you know the story of Genesis, which in many ways is our story, you know that things changed. With all of the closeness and contentment and presence one could want from God, Adam and Eve still wanted more. They desired to not depend on someone else for joy and contentment. 
but rather they wanted to sustain themselves. God had given them everything they needed. But what they wanted wasn't God, but to be God themselves. And so, when an opportunity came, in the face of all God had offered them, even walking alongside them, they took hold of what they thought they wanted. And right after that fleeting moment of disobedience, in the form of taking a fruit from a tree, they were robbed of all that God had offered them. No longer would talking with him be as clear as hearing the voice of your neighbor beside you. No longer would life be without trouble and heartache and pain. No longer would the closeness they once shared offer the everlasting contentment they once had experienced. No longer would God walk with them in the cool of the day. Genesis 3.23 tells us the Lord God banished Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. Banished. Not because of God, but because they desired to be God. Because they thought the closeness that they had with him wasn't enough. And so, in their disobedience, they chose to be separated from God, rather than joined intimately together with him. And this was the state of man for thousands of years. Yes, God would be around, and man could still talk to God, and he to them. And God would still guide man and offer him peace, and he would still be there when they called upon him for help. But always lurking within the heart of man would be the same desire that Adam and Eve once had. The desire to be independent of God and his ways. To decide what was right and wrong on our own terms. Instead, trading contentment and care for struggle and pain that we thought was blessing and joy. But never was and never is. And so... Like talking to God through the gate of Eden, seeing and hearing, but not as clearly as before, man would go on, separated from God, battling the struggle of life and the struggle of himself. And we know this struggle ourselves even tonight. The agony of asking God for help and feeling like there is no answer. Wanting redemption out of the mess of our own sin and feeling like we're stuck. Asking for forgiveness from God, which he offers to us, but still wondering at the end whether or not we're actually forgiven. Like Adam and Eve, we too have been offered intimacy with God. And yet we have chosen our own way, believing we can live the life that we want without his help. Or believing we can call on him when we need him, as if there's ever a moment that we don't. That we are strong enough, smart enough, able enough to make it on our own. And even though it's been shown over and over with every generation since Adam and Eve, and with every person and with us, that we can't make it on our own, we keep trying. We keep believing that somehow we can get back to the peace and contentment of Eden 
if we just have more of this or more of that. And while we and our fathers and mothers before us toil in this blindness, God looks down at us. He sees our misplaced effort, our misguided passion, our mistaken love for this world. He sees our helplessness, that as much as we try, we can never achieve the gift of closeness with him that he once gave us and was rejected. And being full of compassion and full of mercy, you know what God did. Even though he didn't have to, he didn't need to, and the cost would be the life of his son, he made a way again for us to walk with him in the garden in the cool of the day. And the way would be named Jesus, the very one we gather together this season and this night to worship. John 1.14 tells us the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Once again, God was with his people. That word is Jesus. And Jesus was sent down by God so once again we could have the intimacy and closeness and contentment that man once knew with him. Because when Jesus came as a baby that first Christmas, he brought with him a promise. And that promise was that man could be forgiven for their sin. They could be forgiven for their idolization of themselves. Their rejection of God, he would forgive. That everything could be made right again with him and through him. That the mistakes we had made, which once looked so damaging, they couldn't be undone. That not only could he make them right, but even better than before. That one day that baby would grow in wisdom and stature and one day he would and did die on a cross for our sin to pay the price. Adam and Eve's price was banishment from the garden and without Jesus our price can be banishment from God's presence forever. But because of that baby, because of that Christmas, because of that promise, if we believe in Jesus Christ, if we believe we deserve to be separated from him because of our rebellion, if we believe that there is no way that we can fix what has been broken, if we believe that Christ alone has offered a way through his death and resurrection to be made right with God once again, then Jesus is not just a promise, but he is a promise fulfilled. That if we place our faith in him, we too can walk once again with God. Because you see, while the word became flesh and dwelt among us, the weight of sin still impacts us. The struggle of not being content with God alone still can haunt us. The scripture says it's as if we're seeing through a glass dimly. We can see the peace and joy that man once had in the garden, but not clearly. But ultimately, through faith in Jesus Christ, and with the promise we know that one day, when we see God face to face, all things will be made right. We can go forward trusting and believing this Christmas season. That we too will walk with God in the cool of the day. Because on Christmas night, in the middle of a world of chaos and unrest of mankind's making, God sent us a baby. He sent us a promise. And his name is Jesus, the son of the living God, the almighty one. 
Listen to these titles as you consider the promise that the presence of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ can bring with us in the heart of this Christmas season. The Alpha and Omega, our advocate, the author and perfecter of our faith, the bread of life, the chief cornerstone, the deliverer, the one who is faithful and true, the good shepherd, the great high priest, the head of the church, the holy servant, the indescribable gift, the king of kings, the light of the world, the Lord of all, the mediator, the Messiah, the mighty one, the one who sets us free, our hope, our peace, our prophet, our redeemer, our rock, the risen Savior, the sacrifice for our sin, the Son of the Most High, the supreme creator of all, the resurrection and the life, the door, the way, the truth, the victorious one, our wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And what Isaiah 7.14 says is our Emmanuel, which means once again God is with us. Because once again in God's great mercy and grace through Jesus Christ, that baby born in that manger who died on a cross and rose from the grave, God is with us again. We praise his holy name this Christmas because of the gift that has been given to us by our faithful God who walks with us again. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time together as we celebrate this wonderful season, this time where we gather together in this house, we praise your name through song, through the proclamation of your word, and through the hope and promise we have in Christ, that while there was a time because of our decision where we were separated from, you came down to bridge that divide, to make things right again. We thank you for the reminder of this season of the promise of that baby. The joy of the trust we can place in you. This season, God, around our tables, beside our fireplaces, as we look at our trees and our homes, help us remember that you walk with us now through belief in Jesus Christ. And you walk with us eternal if we place our faith in him. In his name. Amen. As we uh, head into our uh, time of uh, singing Silent Night together, just a reminder, uh, when you uh, get your uh, candles coming down towards you, that'll be lit in just a moment. You want to make sure that you tip.